being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Basic Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, October 19th. If you're watching with us live on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, Thursday, October 20th. If you are listening to the podcast, that means, of course, it's time for yet another. I'm ready for football show. Take flight. Take flight, Will. Hashtag take flight. Hashtag take flight. Hashtag Super Bowl bound. Look, uh, you are $2,000 poor. Right. Or there's some other very uh, great causes and charities that are each $1,000 richer. Yes. So, and actually, look, look you know, you, 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 okay. I mean, you're, you know, you're a little offset on the, on the old, uh, the old, uh, the old taxes at the end of the year. Yeah, that helps too. I mean, like, that's I mean, all right. So, if people don't know, Brady said two weeks ago, "I'm sick and tired of Jets fans giving me crap." I'm happy that your team's winning games. I said you wouldn't win many. I still don't think you'll win that many. The over/under hadn't changed. You, are you like, and you're like, I'm not going to bet on the under because I can't legally bet on it. I'm a you know legal legal guy only. So instead, I will donate one thousand dollars for every Jets win. $1,000 to a charity of a podcast listener's choice to for every Jets win for the rest of the season. That's uh, right. The Jets are 2-0 since then, including a 27-10 curb stomping of the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field as 7.5-point underdogs. Easily the most improbable win of the entire 2022 NFL season so far. Uh, and and, um, and look, you're a man of your word. You've already donated $1,000 
Uh, boy, where is it? We had last last week. We had City Dogs and City Kitties Rescue. Yeah, that was a DC charity. We had a Jets fan calling about that one. Um, this one is actually pretty neat. So this one's Gift of Life Transplant House, and this specifically goes towards. Um, basically those who are in need um, during a time of receiving a transplant or so forth. It was started by a guy named uh, Edward Pompian. I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He was a real estate developer and he's the founder of this. He's, he's pa- he passed a few, a few years ago, uh, but he actually received a kid's kidney transplant. His mother was the one um, that obviously was the organ donor in this case. And so it, it dawned on him that he wanted to start uh, this particular charity. So it's called Gift of Life Transplant House, and it goes to help support those who are in need of um, recovering from transplants uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, a, a very, again, great cause. Glad we could do it. Hashtag take flight. Hashtag uh, Jets keep it going. Uh, Gift-of-life.org is their website. Uh, if you want to get involved or make a donation, by all means, go ahead. And if you, podcast listeners, podcast viewers, strangers who stumbled in here via some other internet fashion, uh, Jets fans, if you want to, if you are passionate about a particular charity. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Uh, we will. We prefer that people uh, leave the name of the charity in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have that, um, you know, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you use Spotify or whatever. Take a, a screenshot of Spotify five star rating and uh, and tweet at Pick Six Pod at Pick Six Pod or at Will Brinson or at Brady underscore Quinn and uh, let us know your charity and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll put it in the uh, in the hopper for for one of I mean how all right, how, how many wins are the Jets going to have this year? Well, here's the crazy thing, right? They're four and two right now. Um, they're not still our favorite this week. They're at Denver. I believe there's a they're a point and a half point underdog with Russell Wilson day to day with a hamstring injury. And actually, and, and it was um it was two and a half, and then it was it was reported that Russ had a hamstring injury and it moved to two. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, here's the thing: like people, Jets fans got upset with what I said before the season. You still haven't been favored in the first nine games, which is what I said right. going into the season. So again, that that you know that matchup. It actually, again, is favorable towards the Jets. When you go back, like, let's talk about last week for a second. The Jets, the way they run the football, and then as bad as kind of the offensive line, just the offense has been for Green Bay. I mean, not only one, have they not been able to establish a wide receiver outside. Christian Watson was out. But Sauce Gardner might get defensive rookie of the year. He is unbelievable. I think you need to consider Quinn Williams up for defensive player of the year. Like, I know everyone thought Michael Parsons was a runaway. I don't know. Not so fast. Like Quinn Williams from start to finish has been really, really good this season. Um, I don't know that people are going to walk into the season saying those two things. Like, I think if you're going to like betting favor going into the season, defensive rookie of the year, probably Aiden Hutchinson with the Detroit Lions defensive player of the year, probably thinking Aaron Donald. Maybe you thought Micah Parsons after last year, I would throw Quinn Williams name in that conversation right now. That's how well he's playing. The rest of their defensive fronts playing well too. their offensive lines playing well, running the football, so there's a lot of like a lot of good takeaways, but it was also one in which you looked at it and you go, all right, like that that Green Bay team too, I think has some issues. I mean, when you've got a block punt for a touchdown, they had a block field goal in that game. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks so apathetic and like disinterested and like being out there. It was it was one of the oddest games to watch. And like watching it take place, you're going, 
oh, they're going to win this thing. Like uh, about a halftime, I was like, oh, they they might run away with this thing. That's how that's how bad Green Bay looked. I was um I was eating I was uh I was eating I was eating lunch with my parents. Um, I was going to High Point to see my folks, and you know, just watching you know watching football. We're eating, and I was like, I was like, y'all might want to keep an eye on this Green Bay Jets game because it is getting a little dicey for the, for the Packers here. And you know, it was like 3-0 in like the early second quarter. It's like, if the Packers can't do anything on offense against the Jets, and, and the Jets have a good defense, like, yeah. um, but if the Packers can't do anything against them at home. Cool. The Packers can't do anything on offense versus anyone right now. I mean, let's be real. They're not let's running. Not the talk about the Packers. What the, I mean, what, 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 what's your level of concern for the Packers for the full season here? Like on a scale of one to ten. By the way, I just had a bird fly into the window. It like it was coming right at me, and it just flew into the window, like right behind me. I think that thing could be dead right now. Probably if it ran into the window. It's not moving. Full speed, right at me. How far away is the window? (sighs) Maybe five feet. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty impressive. You know, um, I guess all the. I mean, I guess you know you've had. Is that is that bad luck? Is that like a sign of bad luck when a bird flies in a window like that? It's just a sign that you've got a, a window. Well, that and I'm probably going to have to pick up that bird and dispose of it. I don't think it's living anymore. Uh, my, parents, my parents have a big uh, sun porch at their house. Yeah, that happens often? Oh, all the time. But yeah. they're on a farm, so you just leave the birds. Yeah, you should, well, as I say, something's going to eat it eventually. See, right. the problem here is is this is up on like a second floor. So I don't know what would find its way. Ooh, well, fancy. Yeah. But much like the bird... The bird much like the bird, the Packers offense seems dead right now, in part because, unlike the Jets, it cannot take flight. Like, this Packers offense just is having a hard time taking off, throwing the football. Like, I would say going into that game, um, again, to touch on, like, Sauce Gardner and just their secondary, it was kind of a favorable matchup, A, because of, how, I think, how they drafted and developed those guys on the outside to be able to cover down. But also, you haven't had anyone emerge. Like, Randall Cobb left that game with an injury. That's one of the only people that Aaron Rodgers relies on. Uh, Robert uh, Tunyon is another piece, but you know, if you can't get the running game going, there's just no reason for them to really feel threatened. Like the Packers aren't threatening anyone right now in the passing game. And I think you can see that and it plays a factor in them not being able to run the football. And I think it plays a factor in just Rogers not feeling comfortable with anything that he's seeing right now. So it's kind of crazy when you think about the trade of Devontae Adams and he got the contract he wanted ultimately, but I think that hurt the Packers maybe even more so than it hurt the Raiders, because even though the Raiders were a playoff team last year, I don't know that we looked at them as one of the best teams in the AFC. At least I didn't. But the Packers, you did. Like the Packers, you looked at as the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Packers, top two teams in the NFC. Now you look at them and go, I don't think they're the best team in their division right now. No. And you, you, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings are playing much better football right now. It, it, the Packers don't like, but <laughs> they can't. I don't know how you fix it. Well, it takes time. I mean, that's the thing is it, it takes time to be able to develop chemistry with any of your players, of right? Like once you get in the season, it, it doesn't help again if you're not around in the offseason working on that with those guys. Uh, you're taking days off during practice, all that. that the, all that stuff plays a role in it. And granted, some of that's, you know, managing your body. And, and at that age, you know, maybe Aaron's not going to take every single throw he normally would have right. five years ago. But that just kind of comes with the territory. And every year, I always feel like there's so much turnover and you know, usually you get new wrinkles and, and different pieces on the team. It's going to feel like a new team. So 
the uh, bottom line is they're tr- still trying to find out kind of who they are. And look, it's early. I don't want to like overreact to anything. We're talking about six games in and it's not like, it's not even like even the Vikings are really running away with it. So, you know, again, we, everyone's got to pump the brakes right now, but early on, you give a lot of credit to the Jets. They're four and two. I thought kind of two and four at this point, maybe one and five would have been more realistic for what their schedule looked like, but they're four and two. And now, and again, they could not, not they're going to play a backup this week. I mean, we all assume Russell Wilson is going to play, but it's pretty incredible when you think about the fact that they could have, could have potentially face one there. They're probably going to face one in new England, like knowing the jets luck right now. And every bills fan is going to hate me for saying this. Like, Oh, so, oh boy. I, I'm just saying like, be careful, Josh Allen. Like, wrap that dude in bubble wrap because the way the Jets and everything's fallen in place for them this year, like Josh Allen's all of a sudden going to have an injury. And the next thing you know, you've got Case Keenum coming in, and that's they're taking on Buffalo with Case Keenum starting at quarterback. I, I'm just telling you, that's how the season's going right now. Are the Jets are the Jets the second best team in the AFC East? Yeah, I mean it, it's hard to tell what the Dolphins are. Um, you'd like to see them with like a healthy two and what that looks like after a three and zero start. And I mean we free, we forget they beat the Bills. Like, they beat the Bills. If you think the Bills are the best team in the AFC East, Miami beat them with a healthy Tua. So I just – I kind of look at it and go, all right, like, we'll see what they look like, how they can recover from all this. But right now you have to give the Jets their prop. They're second in the AFC East. Um, are you continuing to get uh, – by the way, the Jets are 10th in terms of points scored in the NFL this year. Um, pretty crazy to think about that, especially with Zach Wilson missing time. Are you still getting a bunch of tweets from Jets fans? I honestly don't know. Like, I'm not one of those guys who pays a lot of attention to social media. But my, my whole thing has always been like, I, I wouldn't like ask people on social media for their opinion on anything in life. So why would I pay attention to their opinion on anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you listen to someone that you would never actually ask for their advice in the first place? That, that's that's fair. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm just I'm just looking up Brady Quinn's at Brady Quinn and. Uh, yeah, look at you. Yeah. Um, just at Brady Quinn and the Jets just to see what pops up. Uh, ooh, let's see. You got, uh, paired, you and, um, you and, uh, you and Stephen A. Smith got paired in a video about the Jets. Nice. Yeah, I always check my social media. That's always the, well, yeah. Brady that's, like, that's, the world, that's the world you live in. Like, you're, you're trying to, you know, do stuff in social media. Like I, I personally feel like it's awful for society, but again, that's just me. Yo, uh, <laughs> these are great. Yeah. You're getting roasted. Um, <laughs> there's, there's one with a picture of you where it's like, and again, like I want to go back to what you said. Oh wait, I'm glad we're wasting time on my, the one time I come on a week to talk about social media. Like it's such a good use of our time considering I have to go into the studio after this. And it's going to take me longer than normal because it's raining in South Florida. It and of course, when it rains in South Florida, people act like it's a blizzard. Like they cannot drive on the roads, which is extremely frustrating being that I'm from the Midwest. And like, obviously I've driven in those conditions before. And so then driving in rains like nothing down here, but you would be shocked at how people handle the rain. All right. We will not, then we will not waste time reading your, um, reading your, your mentions. I'll do that in my own personal time. There you go. This afternoon. That's all you have to do the rest of the day, Will. You don't do anything else besides pick six, really, anymore. You That's don't like I, I had to do uh, – actually, we did uh, – I did Bill Barnwell's podcast earlier. Which is that, nice. that doesn't count for CBS, like what you're actually paid to do. Right. You're just being a nice guy and going on other people's podcasts. But, like, I have another, I have another podcast. You don't I'm write doing. anymore. You do the pick six, and that's about it. Pete reminds me that every – It sounds like you've been talking to Frisco. <laughs> yeah. 
But it, but here's the thing I'll, I'll say about Pete. He's not wrong. He's not wrong though. You used to write. You used to do a little bit more. See, there's one. That's that was kind of funny. Yeah, That's a handsome photo of you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, also, I, w- I do. I want to point out too that your comment. You did not say the Jets are going <laughs> are going to go 9 You no. said they wouldn't be favored in the first nine games. Right, and therefore, there's a realistic scenario where they do go 0-9 because they're not favored. That is not even that a crazy the whole, that was that was the so. Here's the other thing: is if you ever listen to the initial soundbite, here's what's funny about it: is we were still talking about Deshaun Watson, like maybe not knowing what the hell was going to happen with that during the season. That's how long ago it was. So the interesting thing about it is, and we've pointed this out, even after the Jets won their third game, or three and two, the adjusted win total before the season was like five and a half, six. Right. And then the over-under went to like six. So yeah. yeah. What's it right now? What's it right now? That's what I want to know. If uh, it hasn't jumped up to like eight and a half, it's kind of disrespectful. If it has jumped – if it hasn't jumped it, up it should, well, They have four wins now. There should be an adjusted over-under on the win-loss total for the Jets. It should be at least at eight, eight and a half. I would say it'll be seven and a half would be my but guess. That's ridiculous. That's what I'm you have 11 more games, and their easy part of their schedule comes after their bye. That's, so that's all I'm pointing out is if you don't think they're going to hit the over on that now with four wins. All right, so we're, we're both right here. Okay. It's seven and a half. Wow. But it's juiced minus 170 to the over. Over, okay. There so is. it's basically eight. Yeah. Which, oh. There you go. One, what, 160? I just opened it up and it's 170. Weird. Are we moving lines? Um. Just kidding. All right. Uh, by the way, before we before we pivot to, stop. I mean, right. we have content with Jerry Jones, and we're going to waste time talking about. Oh, that. No, we're no, we're going to get to Jerry Jones. I know, but you, we're, the clock's running, buddy. As, as we found out on Twitter, by the way, from someone that apparently <laughs> you've 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 been getting longer with your rants or your tangents to begin segments. But then I also got a tweet from somebody who's like, "This this is the best week of the Pixie Pod ever." like so um can't make everyone happy you can't what about the patriots uh they're they're venturing into a territory where i I don't know what you make of the bailey zappy mac jones scenario because they seem so similar in the way they play is it blessed brady 2.0 i mean i i i don't know maybe i guess probably not i mean that's what everyone's claiming this to be right i just I, i look at it and go like Let me just put it this way. Right now, Bill Belichick's flying under the radar, and he's like low-key a gangster for basically what he did this offseason. Like, he took a guy who's never called plays before in the NFL, and he made Matt Patricia an OC. defensive coordinator fired by the Lions. And he's he's kind of balling out the past couple of weeks. Like, I know it's the Lions and it's the Browns, but they beat the life out of both those teams and they shut down the Lions, which again, they were the high scoring team in football coming into the game. They were number one scoring team. Like golf is playing phenomenal. They looked lost out there. And again, you go back to even the Browns game, like kind of shutting down the rushing attack to a degree. Like they, I just, I, I think you have to be impressed by what they've done so far. And it's like a typical new England thing. They're like, Hey, this what, what was Matt Patricia's major? What was he like? A, a, a rocket, uh, rocket, it, it, rocket engineering. Yeah, it's like a rocket engineer. It's like yeah, I'm pretty sure if he can figure out how to call defense and get a head coaching job in the NFL, he'll figure out how to call offense too. Like I, I'm pretty sure we're okay there. Like 
Elon Musk called him during the offseason was like, hey, do you want to come work for SpaceX? I'll think about it, but uh, I got I can't wear the pencil in, over my ear. And I, if I if I go be an OC, even though I'm not named that, so I'm still getting my money from Detroit, Bill's going to let me call plays. That sounds like it'd be a lot more fun than building rocks for Elon. Like that's essentially what's happened this offseason. So you've got Joe Judge and Matt that's Patricia. I was going to say, yeah. Like transitioning and balling out. So <laughs> doing with the back a special teams coordinator who, again, got fired with a horrendous job at the Giants is now like the quarterback's coach. Right. And he's, he's getting a rookie who – I, I, I want to downplay Bailey Zappi. Like, anyone who watched Bailey Zappi at Western, you're like, oh, this dude can sling it. Like, there's a there's a lot of guys like that at the college level. You watch and go, okay, like, they can they can play at the next level. It just comes down to situation and circumstance. And Bailey Zappi's found himself in the perfect situation and circumstance because this team has now been built out around Mac Jones' skill set, which just happens to be the exact same skill set as Bailey Zappi. Like, they're – Clones of one another, like they could be stepbrother, like they could be brothers. Forget stepbrothers. Are they we best friends? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we karate in the garage together. But and by the way, Taekwon Thornton's coming back healthy. Like you see some of the big playability from him. Roger Stevenson looks awesome. Awesome. I mean, he's a load to try to tackle anyway. Yeah. But so yeah, like I think you got to give the Patriots a lot of credit. Like you asked who's the second best team in the AFC East. I said the Jets. Like I, we get to see this team score off here in a couple weeks. We'll see what that looks like. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, somebody asked Zach George, who's p- too busy insulting me, but he said, uh, can we get Brady Quinn football show hats similar to Brinson sucks hats? Uh, I actually have a Brady Quinn football show t-shirt. Do you? How's that possible? Um, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Brady's professional. I'm a guy who's drunk at the bar. It's just enough to be hit. Just, well, okay. First of all, first off, at least you're taken seriously at all, right? Like the Jets fans haven't taken anything I've said seriously. They, all I've tried to point out is maybe the other side, like, Let's say the Jets were – let's say they were 2-4 and four right now. Would anyone in, in the Jets fan base be saying, you know what, great job. You know, we, you saw this coming. We wanted to award you for the fact that we weren't as good as you. Like, no, of course not. Or if the season falls apart from, like, here on out. And let's say I don't – I don't lose I, every game the rest of the season. Jets fans still are going to be like, hey, sorry about all – They're going to be like, F you, man. You said 0-9. I'll be like, no, I didn't. And, and by the way, we've been doing a charity. You know, charity. Do you want to you want to help participate? You want to donate to charity too? You don't have to match it just a little bit. Every little bit helps. They'll be like, no, man, I'm, I'm, I, I got to pay for my Jets tickets, you know, because, you know, it's just – they're expensive and stuff, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, and by, by the way, the fact that Zach George admits that he takes me seriously is just – Pretty embarrassing for you, Zach. Um, okay, so let's move on to something else. Actually, I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break when we come back. Bob, Bob Kraft, Jerry Jones told Bob Kraft to something, something with an F-bomb. And we'll tell you what it was next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Seth Wickersham has been very busy. He and Don Vanatta. It's owner meet, owner's meeting season. And when, that, when the owners are meeting... Seth and, and Don are, are, are writing up scoops on like what's going on in the back end. Of course, the big Dan Snyder story last week came out. That has been a, a key point when it comes to the, these, the owners meetings that were taking place in New York, the fall owners meetings. Uh, Jim Irsay came out and talked for 13 minutes and said that he thinks there is a merit to, to forcing Dan Snyder to sell. Um, Roger Goodell was asked about this and, and they said, the question was, are you, were you surprised or disapp- and and or disappointed that Jim Mercy said what he said, and Roger Goodell goes no, <laughs> Just like, oh. and they started laughing. He's like, "How's that for an answer?" Yeah, that's one of those like with Ron Rivera, quarterback. Like you want him to elaborate a little bit more. So let's just kind of look at the whole spectrum here. So Jim Mercy, who some of his transgressions have been rather public. He might feel like, well, what's Dan Snyder digging up on me? Nothing. Everything I do is public, right? He's like, I'll put out some music videos where I'm leaning up against a tree, potentially drunk, but it looks like he's singing or something. And I'm not sure if you've seen that, by the way. It is gold, absolutely gold. But at this point, like Jim Irsay might be like, oh, I'm an open book, you know, so go ahead and find whatever dirt you want on me. There also was a conversation that he had. And he talked about this afterwards with Paul Tagliabue. And I believe Eddie DeBartolo, who who did, if I'm not mistaken, lose, you know, a, a, you know, lose the franchise. And one of the things that he kind of talked about was how it, it's it's an honor, it's a family business. He obviously inherited the business, and it reflects poorly on him and the other owners when you have an owner who's you know operating in a certain manner, and you have the opportunity to do something and you don't do anything about it. He talked about tarnishing the shield. I mean, I know as a player. That's one of the first things they talked about at the rookie symposium was what that NFL shield represents and what what you you know mean to an organization as a player until you tarnish that shield and that's how quickly you can be gone from the league for doing something stupid off the field and I think that also applies to owners. The interesting thing though is just like with Jim Irsay and then the contrast of Jerry Jones who's like ah, I don't know it's probably all the media making stuff up. It's like yeah Jerry. Probably because there's a lot of stuff. He's like, close that door over there, right? There's a lot of bodies hanging He's in like, that door. Uh, listen, I, I I don't I don't know if that I don't know if he got PIs or if, if PIs or private guests or whatever it is. But I, I just say that like uh, let's not let's not go digging into closets now because I mean like you know skeletons. Well, who not go snooping around? All right, don't bring any of those them sniffing dogs. Don't bring those sniffing dogs around me. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know find like a like a mosquito. But I mean like you know you got the oh my god there it is. Person. Yeah. By the way, that's a. That's one of the bigger trees he's posted up against. There's there's other ones that like I think it's smaller and like the tree starts to give way. But I mean that isn't that just majestic? I mean, I don't know who he's singing to, but just two dudes looking at you playing a guitar. You own an NFL franchise. Like life is good, man. 
Like, you think those guys are like, I can't believe we're doing this for just a thousand dollars. Can you, me, and Billy like re- recreate this picture at some point? Like the next time yeah. we get together, let's just find two guitars and a cowboy hat, some sunglasses, and we'll find a tree somewhere, and we'll or, just we'll recreate this. Or, or you, me, and Wilson, in case Billy doesn't make it. You mean yeah. you mean Ryan Wilson? Who would be the singer? Who's the Jim Irsay of the? If the three? <laughs> I think it's you. You? It's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> you with the shades and the cowboy hat, <laughs> and your past transgressions being one of the. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm just saying, <laughs> given your fraternity history that we've we've heard about from time to time, I think uh, Ryan and I have the guitars, and we're just looking at you in a, in adornment. <laughs> of I mean, do you remember Jim Irsay's 2014? Uh, DWI? Yeah. Was that the one where they found all yeah, twenty nine thousand twenty nine dollars in a in a in a in a laundry bag of cash. Twenty nine thousand dollars in cash in a laundry bag and a bunch of pill bottles. I mean, when you have that much cash on you, who doesn't put it in a laundry bag? That's a fair point. Did you do you remember the and I again we're not we're not judging here, we're just pointing out the facts. Do you remember the uh specifics of that uh specific nature of that uh the the arrest, the getting pulled over. I'm trying to find. It. I don't, but I do recall there being something going on there, like the blue hair. Look at that. Do we not have a, sh- a photo of him? And by the way, you know Jim Mercy is a trendsetter. Un- until Jim Mercy hung their AFC finalist banner, I, I, you know, not many people have caught on to that yet. I mean, maybe it will eventually <laughs> catch on, but not many people have an AFC finalist banner in their uh, in their stadium. <laughs> not, not many people celebrate second place, but hey, you know the, the calls got dragged for that like repeatedly and still get dragged for it. By the way, here's the uh, I mean here's from, here's from the uh, I think the Indy Star article on it. I observed a vehicle traveling eastbound that appeared to be traveling at approximately ten miles per hour in a thirty-five mile per hour zone. The officer be cautious. You want to be cautious, all right? As I passed the vehicle, I continued to observe it in my side view mirror. I observed the vehicle vehicle come to a complete stop on West Main Street for no apparent reason. I turned my squad car around and began to drive to the vehicle's location. As I was approaching the vehicle, it began to slowly move eastbound and came to another complete stop in the lane of travel for no apparent reason. After Ursay's vehicle began moving again, the officer noted that he observed Ursay make a right-hand turn onto Horse Ferry Road without using a turn signal. That is when he initiated a traffic stop. It's like, oh, 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 oh. it was the, oh, lack, the, of turn turn the lack of turn yeah. signal. Which, someone told me this, I don't know if it's true, but, you know, obviously, living in Florida... They're like, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to use your turn signal to change lanes. I was like, well, man, because I've been driving on ninety five off. That's not, that's not true. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way that could be true. Like, it was like a very state to state, especially yeah, on like. I bet, like Prisco, I bet Prisco told you that. Nah, that probably makes sense. But then, but then I was like, well, I must be wrong because I'm, I'm gonna change lanes and use my turn signal. No one else is doing it. Um, yeah, and by the way. You don't know if he had a musical genius in that moment. Maybe he like stopped to write down some lyrics, and he was like, all right. Like I'm kind of feeling the moment, feeling the tunes. They had to stop again to write down lyrics. Like you don't know his his art, artistic process. That's a good point. Maybe he was just scribbling down some. Yeah, I mean, some people think texting and driving. No, Jim Irsay, he's got a voice of an angel. I mean, he's out there writing down lyrics so he can post up next to a the Washington Monument, in D.C. Next time he's there and sing a song or two. He's got he's got the voice of an angel who smokes three packs of Marlboro Marlboro Reds a week. Some people like that sound, you know? Yeah, I know. Some, some people listen to that show. It's, it's like easier to take advice from someone who's got like a, a deep old rest. Oh, that guy Absolutely. knows what he's talking about. That guy's that's interesting only, stuff. That's the only reason I'm taking seriously at all is because I have a deeper voice. You you think you have a deeper voice? I mean, 
people say I have a raspier. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I guess you kind of do, but then then you get there and say, ah, oh, yeah, you, you, ah. you sound like almost like a bird. Charlie Day. I swear to God, at one point, my wife looked at me and she goes, "Is there a bird?" At some, I go, "No, that was just that was Will." I was so, like, really it's not true. Like, ah. It's like ah. <laughs> It's, it's when I get animated. It's like a wiener schnitzel. It's just like arr, arr, arr. <laughs> a wiener schnitzel. That's a wiener yeah, schnitzel. It's a food. <laughs> is that a food? I thought it was like a dog too. No, wiener schnitzel is like a German food. All right, all right, you know what? <laughs> you you want to do it? You want to go off on a tangent? <laughs> you want to do it so bad? <laughs> I don't think I have a deep voice. People just say I have a. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have a deep voice. People say I have a. Okay. All right, let's get back to football, right? Who would win in a grudge match between Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, Jim Mercer? I think Jim Mercer would kick some people's ass. In that oh, yeah, dude. Jim Mercer is like frail now. Jerry Jones is in that fight between those three. I, I'm just saying, I think J- Jim Mercer may not be as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. Like, I think he wins in that fight. Can he? Does he get his guitar? Can he hit you with his guitar? <laughs> so everyone gets to watch. So everyone gets to bring one weapon. Yeah, what's Mercer, Bob Kraft? We're going to say brings either the, the guitar or the tree he, he leaned up on. You can't carry a tree. I don't know. I swear, there's another photo. It's like a twig tree. He's like leaning it up. Like, that thing is going to fall. He's just hitting someone's He gets to bring Zeke. Zeke Elliott. No, Jerry Jones brings like a, a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Okay, that's what Jerry brings. What does Robert Kraft bring? And he can't bring an employee from Asians of Orca. So. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Obviously... I'm not sure why I thought you wouldn't go there, but <laughs> he gets to bring. Uh, oh, he gets to bring a Lombardi Trophy. Okay, he's got a lot of those. Yeah, he, yeah, he could easily like be like Gronk and dent one. What does it matter? Wouldn't know? it be awesome if it was like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft like swinging a Lombardi Trophy and a ball of scotch at each other? Like, Rah! Rah! I'd watch that. And Ursay flying in with the guitar. He's Ursay's dra- draped with his, his AFC finalist banner, and he's just like, "Oh, yes." <laughs> Cowboy hat, like a- <laughs> that's, 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 that's like his cape. Okay, so oh well, yeah, we should probably be serious about this for a second. So, so all right, so Jerry well, Jones. I, yeah, yeah. Is, I'm just going to read according to the report from Seth Wicker, Sham, and Dominata. Jerry Jones. So they're discussing um, Roger Goodell's compensation, and they voted 31 to one to uh, to permit the compensation committee to open negotiations at the owners' meetings in New York. During the discussion, Kraft, the sources said Kraft joined the overwhelming majority in strong support for the measure to let them negotiate, with Jones the lone dissenter in the owner's only session, eventually telling Kraft, don't beep with me. Don't F with me. Kraft replied, excuse me? Don't mess with me, Jones said. The measure then passed, sources said. Um, do you okay. think... So let me just start off with this. So Roger Goodell's been paid $128 million the past two years. All right. in compensation. Now, a lot of that's been structured based on bonuses. And that's, I think, one of the issues that Jerry Jones has. And those bonuses are tied to a number of things. But Jones's issue is they're too vague. And I kind of tend to agree with what Jerry Jones is saying. And and granted, I I work for multiple networks, so I can kind of speak to this. Jerry Jones played a huge role in the NFL growing and the TV rights deals growing and helping Fox Sports, which obviously next to CBS and NBC and obviously ABC ESPN, um, you know, get get the package and become what it is. Like he's he played a big role with Fox Sports. So there is a lot of validity to his argument of like, dude, we're paying this guy a ton of money. 
And let's be real, like the NFL, it's the most valued sport. And whether Roger Goodell's doing the negotiation with the TV networks or not, it's probably going to require a ton of money. So either way, like I, I don't, I just, I, you could put a lot of people in that position. And if you're basing it on his success of the TV rights deals, I'm just saying, man, like I think Jerry Jones has a point. Like that thing is going to sell itself. I mean, I'll put it this way. How many bad owners would you say there are or bad organizations that are on the league? Like at least 10 that probably at least 10, right? They can't help themselves. They still make money. Like if they were bad in their businesses, they'd go out of business. They'd lose money until they were just like, all right, we got to set up shop and move forward. We have countless organizations that the NFL is so good at making money that bad ownership doesn't matter. Like they still are like too bad and there's two bad like organizations in each AFC division. Yeah. At least literally like Like, the Jets and Dolphins are clearly bad, right? Yeah. Like cheap, just running a business, not really trying to, you know, exhaust all efforts and win a Super Bowl. hundred percent would agree with that. Like it's probably like, honestly, Jaguars and Texans. But you can say that about the Bengals, but the reality is they went to a Super Bowl last year. Now they did spend once they got Burrow and all that. But um, I think every year you can look at like, probably eight or 10 organizations ago, they're not really competitive, but they're still going to make money. And, and you can't see that in any other industry. So the point is more similar to someone in Roger Goodell's position. I'm just saying, if you're basing it on the TV rights and the success of the TV rights, Jerry Jones has a point. Like you should be more specific with what exactly you're looking for as far as performance bonuses from Roger Goodell to pay him this ridiculous amount of money, 128 million in two years. That's effing absurd. Yeah, but, but it is. I mean, like he's a, he's essentially the CEO of a fourteen billion dollar business. Uh, sure, he's he really is is honestly just kind of. You can make the case that he's guiding it, but also it's a lot of like ownership too. Well, and, he, he he takes he takes heat for the for the. I mean, yeah, yeah. He he takes a lot of heat for it. I think the one thing where you could really justify what he's been able to do is, is his negotiations with the CBA. I mean, people always thought, you know, going back in the day, um, Paul Tagliabue and Gene Upshaw had like a buddy-buddy kind of relationship, right? And they almost thought like they were too close. Like maybe there's they were too friendly. DeMarie Smith has gotten taken to the mat every single time by Roger Goodell. It's not even close. Like every single time the NFL wants something, they get it in the negotiate negotiation with the CBA. And and, and every t- they win every time. Now the NFLPA has made some incremental improvements in some ways, but when DeMarie Smith initially took over, he gave up a lot. And, and every single time the NFL comes back, they'll give a little bit, but they always get what they want ultimately. 17th game, additional team, the playoff on each side. Uh, however you want to talk, a long-term deal. Like if you're the NFLPA, you want to keep clawing back into it, you do a five, six-year deal, right? Not the NFL. Not the NFL. They're like, nope. It's gonna be a long-term deal, and, and we'll we'll come to an agreement with this. So the NFL pay was like, like they're like, we want guaranteed salaries and no more franchise tag. And the NFL is like, actually, what we're going to do right. is add a seventeenth game, and uh, you can smoke weed now. No, okay. and there'll be a higher threshold. And then FLPA is like, okay, like, and and Roger Goodell won't handle discipline unless we don't like the discipline that gets handed out. Then he will handle it. And they're like, deal. <laughs> so wait a second he's not gonna uh, okay yeah we'll, we'll do that hmm. um no so I, I think if you're measuring it based on that he's he's done a great job at at winning the negotiations which which is obviously a huge part of the job um you talked about taking a lot of the bad press he's he's done that well 
Um, and so, look, has the league been any healthier than it is right now? No, but like how much of that is the foundation that he laid? I mean, I don't know how much has – I guess I'll put it this way. I don't know that you make the case that since he took over that it wasn't already heading in that direction. And so all, all I'm trying to say is if Jerry Jones points it's too vague, we're paying him a lot of money for what pretty much anyone could do, one day we'll find out, although Roger Goodell, I don't think he's giving up this job anytime soon, even though he's talked about not wanting to do this forever. But the other thing is, is you know, it, it was kind of already on that track record anyway. At least that's where professional sports are in in our society. NFL's king. NFL, it, like, I, I agree with you in the sense that if we're measuring Roger Goodell, like being able to, being able to sell the NFL product to television companies is not a difficult job, especially the way everything's happening. Cord cutting, um, looking at what rates. I mean, I think we've seen now it's live events. It's, it's news. It's sports. Those are the two things that rate. Correct. And, and that's what every single, you know, TV networks trying to get right now. And if you're a streaming network, you're trying to get exclusive content, create exclusive content, because whether it's video on demand or like being able to binge watch like originals and exclusive stuff to that streaming service, that's what they're trying to create or live sports. And then obviously everyone's trying to tap into gambling, which is something that it's new to us. It's existed over in Europe forever. And so now everyone's trying to tap into that as a potential revenue stream to pay for advertising dollars, et cetera. So all that was kind of already set up to succeed. Um, and, and again, I'm not trying to take away from you know, Roger Goodell. Like opening, not, up the, opening up the gambling fire hose does not, is not like you shouldn't, you don't get like, again, you don't get a lot of credit. Like, I'm not giving you any credit for that. Like any, right. anybody could have, I could have done that. Right. Like, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of people could have said like, okay, like, you know, how do we want to strategically go about doing this? And they probably would have done a, a good job. So uh, I, I just think the, the biggest takeaway to me is there should be more specific language as far as what his bonuses are, how he's paid, um, and it shouldn't be so vague where you're just kind of generally looking at where the NFL's at and going, oh, good job, Roger Goodell. That was all him. It really wasn't. A lot of this stuff was laid down before he got there. Uh, he, as we mentioned, he also handles discipline. And he said that Deshaun Watson has complied with all the terms of his suspension. Um, sounds like Watson is still on track to return from suspension. I mean, in other words, like he said, I mean, because if, if Deshaun Watson didn't comply with those terms, they could extend the suspension or not allow him to return. Um, he is now, he's, he's we're approached, we're halfway there, but um, yeah. it does, like it sounds like, you know, Watson's on track to play um, in Houston in week 13, December 3rd or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have any, now there's another lawsuit that's been filed since then, but um, as Breach pointed out previously, that lawsuit is from the same timeline as the previous lawsuits. Right. And under the terms of Watson's suspension, he can't be – it has to be a new lawsuit for him to be punished, I believe. Well, it technically it's a new lawsuit just outside of that time frame. Yeah, I, has, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the thing that would be an issue if it, if it occurred in that time frame is if Deshaun Watson lied to Roger Goodell in the NFL. Yes. And he told them that, no, there's nothing else. There's nothing else that's going to come out. And then it comes out again. Because he already lied to the NFL once in talking about some of, you know, what had taken place. And, I mean, even publicly, right? He had, you know, claimed that he didn't do anything wrong. Then he eventually came back and apologized. And I was like, well, wait a second. In your apology, you're still saying you did nothing wrong. Then what are you apologizing for? So there, there tended to be, like, a lot of just kind of wishy-washy back and forth of, how exactly is, is the NFL going to handle this? But 
you know, to Breach's point, it is during that time frame. I assume the NFL was aware of it. I mean, the Houston Texans settled with 30 individuals. So Watson, this is what his 25th lawsuit, 26, somewhere in that ballpark. You'd have to think that if the Houston Texans settled with 30, the NFL is aware of who those 30 other people are. And so yeah. they're understanding that, all right, there might be more people out there during this time frame that have a different attorney. It's not Tony Busby. And they're going to eventually file a lawsuit and, and carve out their own you know, settlement to all this. That's probably out there. It would be interesting, though, to think if something comes about or an accusation, allegation comes out after that time period, how the NFL then goes about handling that. You know, Do they just indefinitely suspend them until they find out more? Is the suspension, I mean, obviously for the rest of the season, you figure it out. I mean, things could get really, really complicated. I think the timing of the, why they chose now for that lawsuit is what's really interesting to me, is, is why not do it earlier or why not do it right after, you know, Busby settled uh, with Deshaun Watson or they settled the majority of them. Why would you, why would you file it now? Yeah, it is. The timing is, it is odd. Maybe it's because I, you know, I don't even want to. I mean, I, I don't know. It is, it is strange that you wouldn't, that you would wait until after Watson had everything been taken care of to file it, unless you felt that they would create pressure on Watson to settle quickly, you know, it, it, you know, or or maybe. And look, it's entirely possible that whoever filed the lawsuit wasn't comfortable filing a lawsuit before, and you know, needed, you know, like there's there's myriad reasons why it could happen, but I do agree the timing is odd for the lawsuit. Right. Um, Tom Brady. Yeah, not sure if you heard him. Yeah. Remember that time you were on the Patriot? You remember the Chris Farley show? Yeah. Remember that time? Remember, remember, remember when remember that time when you were on the Beatles? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. That was awesome. That was, yeah, that was good. That was good. Dude, Chris Farley was my favorite actor growing up. I love Chris yeah, Farley. Yeah. Uh probably mine too. Yeah. Big Mike Myers fan too. Yep. Um anyway, Tom Brady. <laughs> just did threat just threatening to go off on a tangent <laughs> really just threatening billy with billy's like wait, wait, wait. first of all billy doesn't know who chris farley is i guarantee you do you know who chris farley is billy i have no clue who that is oh my god i know that, hurt, that hurts my heart because he obviously was lost way too soon yeah but also just go watch tommy boy black sheep uh beverly Hills <laughs> white ninja dirty work he plays a great role in dirty work um, I'm trying to think. What what what's what some other? Yeah, I Billy. I mean, the other day, was, Billy didn't. Yeah. Billy didn't know who. Chip no, that's a lie. No, no, no. He, I just looked him up. He looks familiar. I take it back. He, I've he's seen him before. Madison, he's the he's the bus yeah. driver. Yeah. I'll drive this. <laughs> no, that's actually that's from Tommy Boy. He's like, and then the main wagon comes in. <laughs> wee wee. Yeah. Oh wait, I've seen Tommy Boy. Who's who's the other guy in that? David Spade. Uh, David, Spade. David Spade. Yeah. There you go. You know, David Spade actually has some good. Um, have you seen uh, uh, the Do Over? I think it is on Netflix with David Spade and Adam Sandler. Uh-uh. Go watch it. It's, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you the plot because it'll it'll spoil it. But uh, it yeah. is. Uh, it, it's good. It's entertaining. It's like and it feels a little throwbackish because it's like, you know, two SNL guys like you know, and it's an entertaining little uh, comedic romp. Hmm. 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 Uh, anyway, Tom Brady. That's again. Can't stop myself from the tangent. Tom Brady said that uh, he said um, he compared an NFL season. I almost look at a football season. This is from his Sirius XM podcast. He co-host uh, with Jim Gray, who their friendship is so weird, called Let's Go. 
Uh, I almost look at a football season like you're going away on deployment in the military. And it's like, man, here I go again. Brady said on the October 17th episode, as much as you want. Um, yeah. Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, I understand the point he's trying to make. It's just hard when you're trying to compare anything that you do in entertainment, which is really what sports are, right? Professional sports are. Right to people who are going to risk their lives to defend our country and like may not come back. Um, obviously not something we want to compare it to, but I understand what he was trying to, to say. I mean, I would compare it more likely to like a boxer preparing for a big fight. Usually they leave their family. They, they go away for camp. You know, you're, you know, cutting your diet, you're watching all that, you're training your sleep. Every little thing is being measured and monitored. Um, that's basically more what he's talking about. Like once you start the season, once you get into training camp and all that, you don't see your family much. You know, my, my wife and I always have conversations about like ever getting into coaching. And it's funny, you know, I had the opportunity to call an NFL game a couple weeks ago and just talk to some of my buddies who are, are coaching on different staffs. It's like that, that life just doesn't change. Like you time to me is the most valuable asset you've got. And you're never going to be able to get it back with your kids. And, and that's one of the toughest things is like these guys are sleeping at the facility. Like they have, you know, some schedules they'll have like on an off day, which is like Tuesday, they'll have an hour where the family comes in. Like they come to the facility, like, Hey, come visit dad while he's game planning, but you get an hour to go run around the facility and hang out. Sweet. And actually don't talk to dad, please. Yeah. Dad's well, busy. <laughs> you get to talk to him for an hour, but then it's like, then you gotta go. You gotta get the, gotta get the hell out of here. Right. Like, I mean, I, I know, I knew guys who like literally would video call their kids. They're 15 minutes away and they're video calling them because it's Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe even Thursday. And they're not going to see them until Friday and over the weekend between whatever the schedule is with their game coming up. Like it is just a different, different career and job, especially in season. So again, like I understand what he was trying to say, but that's one of those, like, just, you can't compare it to the brave men and women who serve our country. Yeah, some there's some guy who quote tweeted it or quote tweeted Sports Illustrated's uh, article and said, "Out of my eightish deployments, I never made fifteen million dollars. Went home every night or spent time with my family." Not sure it really really works, and uh, he's not wrong. All right, let's touch on Thursday night's game. Michael Thomas. I mean, the same Andrew, Marshawn Lattimore, Andrews Pete, and Adam Troutman are out all out Thursday for that game against the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is back. You in a uh, in your, your pre-pro email, noted that this line's a little stinky. It is, right? Like, it, it it's a little off. I mean, Arizona at home, is it at a point and a half now? No, it's, yeah, let, me, let, me, let me check because I, it may have changed based on those. The Cardinals are minus two, totals 44. It is in Arizona. I mean, it, both, both teams are two like and four. Three and a half with all those guys out. Yeah, bo- both teams are two and four. It's the short week. Arizona's playing at home. You'd think it's at least three, if not more than that, three and a half, right? Hopkins comes back. They just trade for Robbie Anderson. And, and I, I get it. Like The new Call of Duty's not out for nine more days. I mean, like, it, was- <laughs> yeah, it should be an issue. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at this, you should be thinking, wait a second, Cardinals should be at least a three-point, if not three-and-a-half-point favorite in this case, in my opinion, with what they have coming back and what the Saints don't have. And by the way, Dalton and Winston – I believe are both taking reps because they're both kind of banged up. So I'm look. I, I think honestly, the funny thing about this line is it says a few things to me. One, 
what they think of the Saints defense and probably what they think of the Arizona Cardinals offense, but also Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill being able to do enough in this game as a quarterback, tight end, whatever you're going to put him in, position you put him in, to actually give the Saints a shot, which is kind of surprising. But I'm more curious to see what lift Hopkins gives the Cardinals. I think they're the worst first-half team the Cardinals are on offense based on EPA, and then they're like first in the second half, or they're close to the worst in the first half. You said EPA? EPA, yeah. I just was reciting that, yeah. I just didn't think you'd be there. No, I, I look at all the stats. It's just it's only when it's kind of interesting or applicable. And in this case, you're going, how could that be the case? How can you be so bad in the first half? Where at least like the first quarter, all those plays you're running, you've you scripted, you've practiced, like you really haven't gotten into your adjustments until probably heading into the end of the first second quarter. Like everyone thinks you wait for halftime. The NFL, you're making adjustments every series. You don't wait for halftime. Oh, boys, get it together. Let's go talk about it. It's like it's, you're always making adjustments. But that's the crazy thing. It's like you practice and prepare it all week, and then basically you're like, oh, that's just garbage. And then, then your offense <laughs> off opens up in the second half. It's either that or just Kyler Murray just being like, F this, I'm going to run around everywhere and just make plays with my legs, which is what's happening in a number of those cases. But I, I don't know. I, look, the Cardinals are a really interesting team to me because everyone's down on them. Like people are – we're making fun of Kyler Murray with the Call of Duty and – the correlation there with his production. Did you, see, did you see what the Seahawks did with their tweet? With their Pete yeah, Carroll? yeah. They got Pete Carroll dressed up like he's Cliff Kingsbury in the draft room and all that. You like, know, you know, I don't know if you got it because so like on the the double XP weekend. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah. You do? Well, I, I'm aware of it. Yes. It's like a Call of Duty thing. Yeah, I don't I don't play Call of Duty, but I understand. I, I don't either. I'm just I, I, I didn't know. I had to Google it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But double XP weekend is like du- du- it's anywho. Um, yeah. So continue. So do you think the Cardinals are like a playoff sleeper? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it, the NFC West, no one's running away with that. And I think if you if you really look like look at their schedule. All right. If you could, if you don't mind pulling it up because they're two and four. I, I didn't really think they'd be much better than three and three. Right. Maybe four and two. But like I had a more three and three because I think either between a, a divisional game on the road in Seattle or the Philly game at home. I'm like, yeah, they probably will win one of those two. They lost both. They lost to Philly at home by, what, three? I mean, that was a tight game. And then they lose to Seattle on the road, which, look, Seattle's better than we thought this year. Like, those young defensive players coming along, Tariq Woolen looks awesome. Uh, Geno Smith's been phenomenal. So they're a little better than we expected. But I think if you're going to pick a game, Seattle's going to beat Arizona, probably in Seattle. Losing to a division rival on the road, any division rival is not a shocking outcome. It shouldn't be a shocking outcome. Well, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make is what loss to you is shocking. I mean, I didn't have them beating the Chiefs at home. I didn't have them beating the Rams at home. Now, the Rams aren't as good as we thought they might be. But, like, when you really break down their schedule, I I like their chances versus the Raiders. I thought they'd beat Carolina. And I thought, again, they'd win either Philly or Seattle. They lost both. So they're two and four. Like, they're not that far off from where I think we thought they'd be. And they're getting back their best player, DeAndre Hopkins. So we'll see what kind of lift he he can provide them. And, I mean, looking at the schedule, scroll down a little bit, Billy. You know, you see – this is a huge game Thursday for them. Yeah. You need to to beat – if you'd scroll down. Thank you, Billy. Um, Beat – there you go. Uh, Beat New Orleans at home. You get a mini buy 10 days before you go at Minnesota. That's in a dome. Tough place to play, but, you know, you're not going to deal with bad weather or anything like that. Um, Seattle at home, at the Rams, San Francisco at home, Chargers at home before your week 13 buy. Like, I mean, they could eat. I don't, they haven't scored enough points for me to suggest that they are going to be 
um, anything more than three and three in those games. But four and two in that stretch is not out of control. And then all of a sudden you're six and six going into the bye and you have a real chance to make a push uh, down the stretch because the NFC is going to be there's, there's going to be a bad team coming out of the NFC in the playoffs. Dude, look, look at the way things are setting up right now. I mean, I, I look, the NFC East has not really started playing each other a ton. So that eventually that division is going to simmer down. They're they're above 500 now. They, they've all been really good between Philly and uh, obviously you know Dallas. You just lost, and then the New York Giants. Um, I know the Commanders aren't aren't really much of a, a factor in all of it, but I, I still think you I mean, look at actually, that the Commanders are a half uh, like a one game out of the playoffs right now. Right, it's still tight, but I mean again, right. We, the the point is is like I don't know that anyone's running away right now in the NFC, and I think that lends you to think. There might be some nine and eight football teams that that get in as wild card teams based on tie breaking scenarios. And when you start to look down this list of teams they play, there's going to be some teams that they're in competition with for that. So it's going to be really interesting to see like what lift Hopkins will give them, and then what lift like Robbie Anderson's going to give them. And by the way, now it looks like Marquise Brown might not be out for the rest of the season. It looks like a six week injury. I mean, can you imagine the speed they're going to have with Hopkins out there, Brown, Anderson, and then Rondale Moore? That's, I mean, yeah, my God, like just throw the ball up downfield somewhere. Someone's going to run and go get that ball. So it, I'm kind of fascinated to see what happens with the uh, Cardinals the rest of the way. Although this game, like the line looked off to me, like at minus two, I think I take the two points and I'm like on the other side of this one, just not knowing what to expect. But again, that maybe you don't with, with all like the Cardinals minus points. two is such an obvious, I want the Cardinals play. Like, but then you're, then it's, it's like, the Cardinals are an obvious bet. I think the under is like my favorite bet. Of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. And then you just stay away from the spread until you figure that's, out more. Like, especially, you know, before game time. Within well, we just don't know what the deal with Jameis and Andy Dalton, like whether it's going to be like maybe even Taysom Hill, you know, it's just, we don't, we don't know how, we don't know how that's going to shake out in terms of how they use the quarter, like what quarterback is going to start, how they're like, who's right. healthy enough. And the, the Saints are missing a lot of people. I wouldn't be surprised if that line went to three this afternoon uh, just because of, you know, because because of all the injuries, like Marshawn Lattimore and all those players are a big deal. I mean, like you're getting Hopkins back and no Lattimore. Like, if Lattimore's not there to match up with Hopkins, like that's a problem. Hopkins is <laughs> gonna go off. Yeah, he should. I mean, you gotta have fresh legs, man. Fresh legs. Maybe a little rusty, but that's okay. Fresh legs. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fresh legs, Pete Briscoe doesn't have them, and they're tiny. And you got to go. Uh, I should go work with them right now. You should go work with them. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny about, and people don't get to see this because, you know, you can't see behind the behind the set. But when Pete's sitting up on those little chairs, like at the set, it's the funniest thing in the world because he's got these little legs that are just like, me, 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 me. like just kicking like wildly. Like if you can get Pete all yeah. worked up, he's like, his, his little legs are flailing. Here's the thing is they always try to make our heads even. And I'm like, look, I played in the NFL. Like, I'm really sorry, but like, just- I should look bigger than Pete. Like yeah. it's it's okay. I, I I it's okay if I look a little bigger than Pete. Like that's how this whole thing's supposed to look. No, nobody <laughs> thinks that you're like the same size as Pete Prisco, right? Or that Pete is like, like what if like Pete? Yeah, like it, it, you just need to be a little bit taller than Pete. Like at least a little bit taller. You know what the weird thing is about Pete is Pete will like rag on short quarterbacks. I'm always like Pete, like what's up with that man? Like shouldn't you be rooting for him? Pete, you're you're when you when you sit. Down on the toilet, like your feet don't touch the ground. Like, what are you ragging on? Like, no, it's, it's just like, can you be a fan of Kyler Murray or like Bryce? Bryce Young, yeah, it's too small. He's like, I'm like, Pete, have you watched the tape though? I think he's so pretty special. Sure, don't like him. I yeah, don't like, don't like him. He's too small. Don't like him. <laughs> uh, all right, <clears throat> we get you out of here. All right, as always, a pleasure. Uh, hey, reminder, Jets. 
thousand bucks for every Jets win. We're donating, baby. We're helping out charities. Let us know what your charities are, so we and they got to be legitimate. Again, no, no. Hey, my cousin Vinny's got this thing with this guy, and they help out these people. You know, like none of that stuff. They got to be legitimate charities, like we've helped out the last two weeks. So here's to here's to another Jets win. All right, Brady. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for hopping by. Talk to you soon, man. CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, you got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.